This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast, and I am Mike Riccio, longtime personal trainer, professional strength coach, gym owner, and most importantly, a devoted modern father and husband. I've been fortunate to learn under some of the most intelligent minds in health and fitness over the past 15 years, as well as work with amazing clients and athletes. What I've most fallen in love with over the years is the power we have over our lives, the power to decrease risk of disease and injury, the power to reach our true potential, the deep abilities the body is capable of when all aspects of health are working simultaneously. On this podcast, you will learn the importance of preventative health and how to optimize your habits to optimize your life. All right, listeners, here we go. We are on with Dr. Carly today. Dr. Carly is a chiropractor. She is a strength and conditioning specialist, and she is a business owner. She has helped develop a line of clothes that is just doing wonders for new mothers. What I love about Dr. Carly is her approach and her philosophy. You know, she is helping women physically to return to exercise safely, but also effectively and quickly and efficiently. She is coming at things from both a physical approach and a mental. She is trying to help women come back and get their confidence back, feel empowered. And just everything she is doing for not only moms, but people in general who really need to just look at a total approach to wellness and fitness. And I'm just really impressed by everything she is doing. I think this episode, while clearly targeted a lot to mothers, really has something for everybody and everyone can walk away with some advice that they can just really start implementing into their lives right away. So I I really appreciate Dr. Carly taking the time. You're going to love this episode. Listen in, rate and review, and just enjoy. All right, Dr. Carly, thank you so much for being on with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yes, I really loved loved our pre-talk and excited for what we're about to bring here. Before we get to that, can you give me a little intro, uh, a little intro and background on you? Sure, yeah. So my name is Dr. Carly Causey. I'm a sports chiropractor in Seattle, Washington. Um, I have a practice there and I uh, went to school, did my master's and my doctorate in Portland, Oregon before moving up to Seattle. I have my certified strength and conditioning specialist certification I'm a CrossFit level two coach, a postpartum athleticism coach, um, and I do a lot of speaking on postpartum athleticism, health and wellness and fitness, especially. And um, I'm also the co-founder of a new company called Jen and Carrie, and it's an athletic wear brand, a postpartum athletic wear brand focused on empowering women to get back to the activities they love after having their baby. And we most recently developed kind of a new sports bra that sort of bucks the system the original system of uh, traditional postpartum nursing bras. So um, that's been pretty exciting. And I guess most importantly, I'm also the mother of two boys. So I have a two and a half year old and also a seven week old. Uh, it's seven, the seven week old part. God bless you for even being on this today. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I, my, you know, our, my boys are the same difference apart, um, but two years Ahead yeah. of you. So um, I, I don't envy the stage you're in as much as I miss it in a lot of ways. I don't, I can't yeah. say I envy it. Yeah. So. It's been fun. It's, it's nice to use my brain a little, you know, so if I uh, <laughs> have some brain parts or something, at least I have a, an excuse. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The viewer, you the listeners will never know. Cause we'll edit that part out anyway. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they never know the behind the scenes. That's right. You know, the, the empowerment 
of, of women, what they go through in the process, uh, you know, the, the post the, during pregnancy, the, the post process, you know, the rules for getting back. That's a lot of what we're talking about today. Before we get rolling into that strongly, I, I love your background. I love this, the, and this is becoming a more common thing between the more rehab side of, mm-hmm. of, of rehab. You know, that's really where it was by itself on an island and performance. The CSCS, which for, for listeners who don't know, is also what I have. It's a certified strength conditioning specialist. And then the CrossFit realm. You know, that's, it's just a very unique blend. So I always like to ask my rehab professionals, what made you want to blend the gap between those two realms within your own profession? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, luckily we're seeing it more and more, you know, it used to be really rare to see a chiropractor, a physical therapist doing so much more sports performance rehab, you know, sports performance and strength training as rehab. And, um, it's becoming more common. So I, for me, it just makes sense. You know, as a chiropractor, I can't look at the way at the body, the way traditional, chiropractic has, which is just looking at the bones. Um, it only makes sense that the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons, everything's connected with, to the bones. Right. So we have to look at all those pieces and, and I think there's, there's a time and a place, you know, for activation drills and that sort of thing, but we just see so, so much better outcomes when we have people actually start moving some weights around. And even if it's just, you know, a PVC pipe, I'm sure, you know, that's where you start lots of times too, right? PVC pipe, blank barbell, super light kettlebell or dumbbell. We just see that that's where people make improvements and that's more real life, right? Like that's, you don't walk around just doing clamshells. You like pick stuff up off the floor and put it up on a shelf. And I know you and I could go on about that all day, but, um, Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where, where that piece came together. And I played sports all through college. I played volleyball. And so that was a big piece for me was strength training, uh, seeing my chiropractor. And so those kind of, those pieces all kind of came together in, in what I do now. For a long time, not for a long time. I shouldn't say that I shouldn't be dramatic, but there was a period of time where the, the fitness professional world blended not in a bad way, but we started doing things. You mentioned activation rehab techniques where they, they, they started to take over sessions that became a lot of what we do. And I love this swing back to the direction of the movement pattern is the movement. It is the squat. It is the press. It is the lunge. It is what you're doing. So the, the quote unquote activation, a term that we are using less and less really is just sometimes a lighter version of the drill. You're going to do that day is just walking. It's, you know, we're going back to just basic movement patterns and of course, it doesn't mean, like you said, there's a, there's a place in a window for what might look a little more corrective. Yeah, um, for sure. And and we do it a lot, right? We do it a lot in my practice too. We'll start there um, as a chiropractor. We'll start with some of that stuff. And especially in the when we start talking about postpartum world, that's where there really is space for that, right? Because now you're taking a brand new body that has birthed a child. It's not the same as it was before. So it makes sense. You know, I have... Um, I have a postpartum restoration plan that I have made online. It's an eight week program. And, and we totally start with, you know, some of the, the traditional things, some breathing, some bracing, that kind of stuff. And we can talk about that later, but you know, some clamshells, even some glute bridges, but like that doesn't need to be all the time. Right. There's, there's a time and a place. And, and so I think it's cool that it seems like fitness personal training, rehab specialist, that sort of thing is going the way that you're talking about more into the functional movements, which is great. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's how much time you spend too. You know, I tell people there, right. what, what makes you feel better? Well, let's, let's do that, but as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. It's also why we stop giving people 20 drills to do a day that might make you feel better because yeah. who knows which one or two is actually doing the job. Now we spend so much time and we wonder why clientele are not listening to our homework. Well, because the <laughs> homework was an unrealistic amount of time to spend. Sure. So, yeah. so the faster you can get to those, the better. I, I think that's an, that's a perfect merger into, you know, your, your specific expertise of the postpartum woman, you know, in, in our first it wouldn't be postpartum males, of course, women. But in our in our first meeting, you know, I used the example of my wife. My wife was someone who was a very high level athlete, rushed back to working out and running specifically um, mm-hmm. after the birth of my stepdaughter, her her daughter who is now eleven, and has had pelvic issues ever since. So, I'd like for you to maybe explain some of the more specific things that are happening in the body, both at the end stages of pregnancy to the, the initial postpartum, um, and then maybe merge that into, you know, how we really start introducing exercise back into the daily schedule. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We see that a lot. And luckily it's becoming more common. I think one of the positives of social media the last few years, um, has been, that some of these things that people didn't talk about so much are coming more to the forefront and in, in the kind of perinatal period, which is kind of what we call, you know, during pregnancy, after pregnancy, kind of that whole period, um, we're seeing a lot more people talking about things that women, you know, kind of, they thought they were on their own on an Island. So we're seeing a lot about fitness. We're seeing a lot about, you know, traumatic things after birth and all that I think is great. And so, um, one thing I think that's bringing to light is that we don't want to rush back into exercise. You know, I mean, we do want to rush back into it, but, but physiologically we shouldn't rush back into it. And, you know, 11 years ago when your wife had her first child, like, I don't think people were talking about that hardly at all, you know? And so now there is a lot more guidance around that. I mean, we can always use more, but that's kind of one of my goals. Um, and one of my passions is creating these tools that basically are, helping moms get back into physical activity. And so, so, so one of the things obviously, you know, in it that we see is the pelvic floor, uh, the abs, right. You have to have, as the belly is growing, you have that separation, which is called diastasis recti. There's been studies that show, you know, up to a hundred percent of women have that at the end stages of pregnancy, because it just, it has to happen. It's a natural, normal process. I always tell patients that, that there's nothing weird about it. It's, it's supposed to happen. It's just how you treat it during pregnancy and how you rehab it afterwards. That is kind of the key, you know? And so, so what we see is that those abs get stretched out. They're, they're not going to activate as they did before. They're not going to support your core. And when we think about core, we want to think about I, I like to talk about it as a barrel, right? So you have the bottom is the pelvic floor. The top is the diaphragm. You have kind of your abdominal muscles in front and then your low back muscles in the back and multifidi, all those muscles we want to talk about, right? So when you think about that, now your pelvic floor has been completely stretched out. Even if you have a C-section, you're carrying around that weight of the baby that's pressing down on the pelvic floor for nine months, right? I mean, it's not that heavy for nine months, but towards the end, especially, So you're getting some stretching there. If you have a C-section, then your abdominal muscles, the fascia, everything is being physically cut into. So that's like a whole other set of issues that it can create. 
And then we think about the top of the core, that's the diaphragm. That's just been compressed up for four or five months as the baby grows. And so we really see a lack of endurance through the diaphragm. And so it's women who have just given birth, you know, getting that big, deep breath, expanding the diaphragm. It just doesn't happen as easily. And it actually does take some training and some work to, to retrain that and to make all those muscles and that system work together in coordination. That's, I think one of the keys, right? It's not just doing Kegels and calling it good. It's those muscles all need to be coordinated in order for you to stabilize your spine, stabilize your core and avoid issues down the road. Yeah. And I I use the word compensation when these muscles are overstretched during end stages and they can't work properly, the body doesn't just fall apart. It still gets a job done. Right. So, you know, would you say it's accurate to say there's a little bit of like most injuries, a little bit of unlearning how you, how you, how you've used your body for one to three to, well, and more months, depending on the severity of, you know, the, the pregnancy, um, right. But there's some unlearning too, but you know, besides. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Because our body is right. Are just mass master compensators. They'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. And so if you take, especially a woman who is, is staying active during pregnancy, you know, one example I like to use is rowing. You know, when you're rowing during pregnancy, you start flaring your knees out, right? You're, you have the big belly in the way your stroke is you know, your pull isn't as long, everything is shortened. And so I remember the first time I went back to rowing after my first son, and I totally was still like pushing my knees out and like pulling it, you know, and I was like, Oh wait, I don't have to do that anymore. So even just like a simple, a simple exercise that maybe you've done a ton of times, right. Uh, you have to consciously remind yourself. And then there's so much unconscious reminding too, which is where kind of retraining some of these muscles comes in to hopefully like unconsciously change some of these patterns as well. Sure. And how much of this is, how much of this is a time element? Meaning how long is there where where the body just needs time to acclimate back to heal from the actual trauma that is childbirth? I mean, it's, it's a normal thing that we've done for, for millions of years. However, you know, it it is a traumatic event. So, you know, how much that tissues need to reset and I guess where this question goes is how soon would you start implementing any drills, breathing, yeah. bracing to the yeah. equation? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And this is one that still is really confusing for people because they still have in their mind, this six week mark of getting checked off by their doctors. Right. And while that is important, I'm not at all saying you shouldn't go in for your six week checkup, right? There's a lot you can do before six weeks. And that doesn't mean that you're trying to PR your deadlift, but it does mean that if you have an untraumatic birth, meaning a vaginal birth, there's, you know, maybe a tiny bit of tearing, but very minimal tearing. Uh, I mean, I have people start breathing and bracing two, three, four days after. And, and even with a C-section, my last, my second son, I did have a planned C-section. He was breech. And so it's a different beast because, you know, now you're recovering from surgery, but still I was trying to activate, you know, and I'm a psycho, right? So I'm like in my hospital bed trying to, like, Oh, can I activate my transverse abdominis right now? And like, surprisingly you can, as long as you're like thinking about it and you can breathe, you know, practice some of these breathing and even just diaphragmatic breathing. Like I was saying, because that diaphragm gets so crammed up there. I mean, everyone can do diaphragmatic breathing right away. It doesn't matter how traumatic your birth is, you know? And so I think that's where it's important to, if you want to get back, especially to a high level of fitness and activity and whatever that sport might be 
to either find someone to work with, you know, find some kind of plan, do something where you have some guidance because you don't want to rush back in too quickly. We say, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And we want to start with being really focused on what we're doing. And then we can work later to getting more intense, you know, building the intensity, I guess. So, so yeah, I usually will start people right away with some breathing embracing for sure. Within the first couple of weeks, then we can work into just some basic movement patterns of, you know, squat hinge, working on some very, like I said, basic blue bridge, that sort of thing, just especially to not only activate the muscles and all, you know, and, and have the woman moving around, but for athletes, there's a mental component too, right? They want to feel like they have a plan. They have some programming, they have, you know, they're, they're in charge and they're in control of their way back to feeling like themselves. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I love that answer. Because you're right, that six week number is still, it's it's the golden number. That mm-hmm. I'm, I'm postnatal certified. I've been hearing, you know, not, again, not not near your expertise, but but I've worked with enough women who are that is still like, nope. Doctor said six weeks. I'll see you in six weeks. Right. <laughs> you you're still breathing after yeah. childbirth, and if anything, you're about to go into especially first time moms some very awkward positions that you're going to use anyway. You're holding your baby. You're sitting mm-hmm. awkwardly. You're you're walking around multitasking making bottles and preparing food and, and, and for not first time moms also probably juggling other children mm-hmm. relationships, how fast do you go back to work? I mean, realize most get time off, but, but not all. So, you know, there's a lot of things you're doing anyway, and those all take muscles. So why wouldn't you want to start preparing the tissue, prepare the nervous system as early as possible for the stuff that you have to do anyway? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely a time and a place, you know, for those, kind of called the lying, lying in period that a lot of people talk about now. And that's that first few days of a lot of cultures do it longer, you know, where you're basically just in the bed with your baby nursing. And I'm all for that too, but you can be in the bed and be doing diaphragmatic breathing. You know, you can be in the bed and, you know, squeezing a glute, you know, for five seconds and squeezing another glute for five seconds. So there's a lot of stuff you can be doing. And I think it just depends on the person, you know, everyone is different. For some people waiting that six weeks maybe is exactly what they need. For some people, it's somewhere in the middle of having that lying in period and then working their way back into breathing and bracing and exercise and that sort of thing. So every, you know, of course, it's always different for each person, but I think there's definitely room for more people to do be doing more sooner than probably is currently happening because they're, they're scared and they don't know sometimes, and they don't have the guidance of what is okay. What's not okay. I don't want to hurt myself. And you know, that, that in and of itself can be enough to just stop the whole process. Right. And say, okay, never mind. I'll just wait for six weeks. And seeking out the guidance was the key thing there. Right. Yeah. Cause if you know, it, to, and to give the medical professional a little credit, it's not their job to walk you through the day-to-day of what exercises right. you can do and can't do. So the six-week answer is a very safe answer. Give it six weeks, and then if you're going to go at it on your own, that's probably the soonest you should try to go an unguided approach. So I, right. I do understand the answer. You know, let's let's flip to the other end of the equation, the person that does force their way in too soon. What are some common injuries that you see specific to mm-hmm. women who who do get back to whether it be running, heavy lifting, CrossFit, um, yeah. maybe too soon in the equation. Yeah. I mean, we see all kinds of things, right? Because of those compensation patterns. So often uh, hips and low back are one thing just because you're going to use, let's say, you know, 
you're going to use different muscles, especially if you're trying to get back into running, you know, and you're sitting hunched over nursing a baby for however many hours a day. And then you try to go out and run well without proper, you know, rehab, proper strengthening, basically working your way back to that movement, the likelihood of something compensating is, is high, right? So we see pelvic floor issues, hip and low back a lot. One thing that a lot of women aren't prepared for postpartum is upper back pain. We, we expect lower back pain during pregnancy because we're carrying this weight around on the front, but the upper back pain I see is, is, is really common because women are hunched forward nursing so often. And if you're not nursing, you're holding the baby or you're bottle feeding or everything is forward, you know? So those are, those are all issues that I see, but I would say that the biggest thing is pelvic floor stuff and not learning again. When we talk about that coordination of breathing, bracing, pelvic floor engagement, all that working together, that's, that's kind of the key that can lead to all sorts of other problems because if your core is not working, how is anything outside of that as an extremity going to be able to stabilize? I, I love that. And it, it's so, you know, not that it isn't unique, but it's so relatable to sometimes just injury in general, right? It's, yeah, right. It, it's, it's what you're going through, what you're ready for. And, uh, you know, and, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not a mother, but so as a father, <laughs> as a, a proudly active father with my kids, you know, I did, I did a lot always with my kids from day one and I did not go through a birth but I had things creep up that I was unexpected with. I always held my kids in my left arm. Mm-hmm. So I started getting some, some closed left shoulders some closed left ribs, some, some elbow pain that started to reciprocate down the chain things that I, I was never not lifting, but it was still a different way that I was spending my time. The majority of my time, which still changed my overall patterns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and obviously as a fitness professional, I should have been a little more ready for this, but you know, things that I didn't, make room for and, and change my current routine up in exercise to try to offset some of those symmetries. So I can only yeah. imagine what the, what the woman goes through on top of what they've already gone through. I'm glad you brought that up actually, because that is one that I didn't mention. Uh, it's commonly known you had as mommy thumb or <laughs> tendinitis or also, you know, travels up into the elbow too. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that a lot of women aren't aware of or don't think about before, but because you're sitting with that hand curled around the baby so often holding them, you know, if, if people, you know, bed share, they often fall asleep with the arm curled around the baby. Right. And so even same, same as you, even myself, like I coach women, I teach them in my office, certain exercises to avoid this happening. And with my first son at about six or eight weeks, I was like, okay, I'm good. I've been doing my exercises. My wrists feel fine. And then about 12 weeks, I ended up getting a core zone shot because I could barely use my thumb. And it was because I stopped doing some of the drills that I give women to avoid that exact thing. Right. And so it's like, oh, we need to practice what we preach, but like keep on practicing what we preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because that baby kept getting heavier too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Turns out they don't stay the same. Um, yeah. And they don't stop wanting to be held at 12 weeks either. So oh, no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I still deal with some uh, falling asleep with my my youngest toddler uh, shoulder issues here and there. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, and and again, this is a loaded topic. We could spend a whole different thing on. We won't go too deep into it. But what what keeps you healthy? We should stay with. And that's another thing that once once symptoms disappear, we we tend to ditch what got us back to healthy. So I think you know the the drills that you're talking about, the breathing, the bracing. These are things that most working professionals that sit all day at a desk should be doing. Mm. You know, for different reasons, but just for health, just for movement 
health in general. Yeah. You know, we see people, whether it's, you know, you, you could argue the science in this, whether it's foam rolling techniques, stretching, whatever it might be that gets people to feel better, as soon yeah. as the symptom disappears, they, they ditch the remedy. And then they wonder why it comes creeping back. Well, your habits didn't change. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder it did. It's, it's interesting you bring that up because I remember a few years ago when, well, many years ago, I guess now learning some of the breathing embracing techniques. And I remember just being like, this is so dumb. Like we all breathe. We all like, why do, why do people need to learn this? And then once I started getting more into the perinatal population, and once I got pregnant, I really realized, and you can translate this to the average person too, right? I realized how important and effective that breathing with our diaphragm, the, you know, having quote unquote, good posture, not using our accessory muscles, which are the little muscles up by our neck, you know, to breathe instead of our diaphragm, which is one of the compensation patterns that most people do, especially during pregnancy though, I started realizing how important it was. And I kind of look back, you know, at younger me, like, gosh, how did you, how did you not think that was important? But now I basically explain it to people like, listen, this is boring it's going to seem sort of silly because it's breathing and we do it all day, but the lifestyle we live, you know, take out pregnancy completely. The lifestyle we live doesn't put us in good patterns that we're naturally meant to be in all day. Right. So we build these compensation patterns. Our breathing actually sucks. And when you fix it, you can fix a lot of other things. And again, we could go down that rabbit hole for a long time. Right. But But I do think like looking at it with the pregnant population, it really just highlights it. You can see it so much more because it's, it's like the extreme, right? That baby pushing up the weight on the pelvic floor, the upper back pain and kind of compensation through the neck and those breathing muscles. It's just like, it highlights those, those breathing compensations that we have just in general. Well, and and why that's, you know, now we could, we could really reverse way back before even getting pregnant to what was the current state of the body? You know, right. now, we, now we can get into the prevention side of things of, of what are we doing going into pregnancy during the first two trimesters before the biggest tissue yeah. changes yeah. start to come in and, and be in a better place. And I do, I talk about the same thing with my knee replacement clients who are going, you know, who are preparing a year out now for a knee replacement. How strong right. can you be systemically going into that. I had a client came in today, right before we met who um, recently had a stroke and he's only been back with us for two weeks. And we're only doing 30 minute sessions, but he joked about it today. He go, you know, we're talking about breathing and we are doing some, some right side of breathing drills. So it was, you know, that's the the side affected for him. And he looked at me and joked, he goes, well, Mike, if you remember my core, wasn't that great (laughs) before. Before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he goes, that's why I was here before the stroke was, was starting to work on this stuff. And it's, but it's a very valid point of, this, I guess the point here is there's so much context that has to go into what you do. It's, it's not just, here's a pregnancy done to someone, here's the template. What was the person like for five, 10 years before mm-hmm. that? What, yep. what level of, of compensation did they go through? And, that, you know, and what's the context after, after the birth too? So uh, you know, I just yeah. really respect everything you do because there's so much. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, so you know, you know, fast forward, let's, let's say fast forward six weeks. We, we've done things correctly. You know, I, I love your quote of every mom is an athlete, you know, the yeah. movement patterns and, and it's, it's absolutely true. And I, I love that philosophy. You know, you, you talked about things like having to pick up the, you know, the car seat and get into the car, mm-hmm. having to carry the car seat in the first place. You know, if you could talk a little bit about exercise selection after clearance and, and how it relates to what the everyday mom has to, has to physically do every single day. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you bring up every mom as an athlete and that's our, our slogan, um, at Jen and Carrie and, um, which, which we just love, um, because it's, it means two things to us. One, it means that you can be a mom and an athlete. So, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, right? So you can be a mom and you can also get back to, if you want these high levels of physical fitness and whatever sport of choice you have, you know, we want to be supportive in whatever that means to those women. Right. But it also means we like to think about motherhood as an athletic event in general. Right. And that's what we were alluding to earlier and what you and I kind of geeked out about in our (laughs) pre-conversation to this, right. Is like, you know, you talk about picking up the car seat. Well, okay. That's a deadlift, you know, and then you have to put it up into the car. Well, that's a press. Right. And so there's these everyday movements, you know, picking up your baby out of the, out of the bassinet or the crib, putting them down, carrying them around, right. All these movements are functional movements. And so we want the women that we reach and the women we work with to think of themselves as athletes in whatever capacity that means for them. But realizing that like, A, they went through a super athletic event. Childbirth is like arguably the most athletic event there is out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And B, now they are athletes in their own home with their children. And it's important for them to be moving in a safe and effective manner or manner because they need to care for themselves, care for their family, their job, you know, there's all these aspects of their lives. And so we're really passionate. Um, one of the things we like to share a lot is like, you know, exercises that are safe during pregnancy or more beneficial during pregnancy, how to return to like you're mentioning exercise after pregnancy and what that can look like and what are quote unquote safe things to start with, you know, but basically it's the reason we developed the, the sports bra we developed in the first place is like to support these women and getting back to whatever type of activity that they want to and thinking about their everyday activities as athletic. Yeah. Well, and making that, that the clear, that relationship up can motivate the client, the person to, to want to do certain drills. I think sometimes yeah. there's this disconnect between, well, why am I, why would I do a carry? Why would I do a deadlift? I don't understand. I just want to go run and do the basic aesthetics, the, the arms, right. the shoulder raises. Um, and that's okay. If, the, if those are drills people enjoy, that's fine. But I think sometimes they need to see the connection to motivate them to say, oh, I, I get it. I get it. why this should be a part of my routine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just like explaining functional movement to anyone really, but when you, when you bring in the baby and you bring in talking about, you know, dealing with a baby and a child and whatever other things life is throwing at you throughout motherhood, all those things require you to be an athlete basically. And, uh, you know, you've seen, you've seen that mom. I mean, I'm sure your wife has done it right with a diaper bag on one shoulder, a car seat on the other, a toddler in tow, her coffee in one hand, like, I mean, that's, that's athleticism right there. Right. right. <laughs> like yes. yeah. the, the picture of it, I think is, you know, one picture, one way we like to think about it. Yeah. Well, and your, your comparison to an athlete is so dead on because this is what athletes question all the time. Why am I doing this drill? How right. does it relate to my sport? How does it make me better at what I have to do all the time? I have a group of seven uh, pro athletes that were in here, pro and college athletes that were in here the other day. And one is new and He's like, is it okay if I ask why we're doing this? I'm like, not only can you, I encourage, yeah. please, please ask. I like athletes that want to know, but it's the same thing. Same totally. thing. How, how does exercise not only affect you aesthetically, because a lot of people come for the, the weight loss, strength gain, but how does it directly translate to what you're trying to accomplish outside of the gym? 
Totally. Yep. You know, making that connection just it, it makes people want to come. It gives you another reason to come. For the days that are harder to show up, you, you don't get a break from being a mom. You don't get a break right. from carrying that car seat around. <laughs> so when you look at it that way, sometimes not breaking from what, what'll make you your mom life a little bit easier, you know, hopefully motivates you a little bit to, to come on back. Yeah, exactly. And maybe to do your, like you're mentioning, to do the homework a little bit more, right? And to build it into your life, right? To, you know, do your squats, holding your baby, you know, do some lunges, do some whatever you're doing, stability drills, and just build it into, into your lifestyle, really. I think that's kind of one of the keys in any fitness plan, obviously, but especially in this time frame where time is limited, you're tired, your brain capacity is limited sometimes. And so it's, it's really important to, to build those into good habits that can translate with your kids around with your family as well. Yeah. Well, of course that's an aspect that we are not insensitive to. We're just not talking about today is there's a whole other mental side and a sleep oh, yeah. deprivation side to this equation that, <laughs> yes. uh, that this, this would have to be a five hour long episode to, yeah. <laughs> we've already said maybe another, we'll do another episode and get into more things. <laughs> I'd like to get specific into your brand. You just touched on it. And because I think the brand speaks to the physical, but also the confidence, the mental side of things. Yeah. So m- maybe a little more about, you know, how the brand started. I'd love to hear more about what women are going through mentally and, you know, you start where you'd like to on this, but um, why the, why you need a change in clothing, why the, why this is a, such a necessity that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So sort of the way the brand started was after my first son, my now partner and my my co-founder, Jess, I was sort of, well, I was complaining to her about the sports bras, the options that I had uh, newly postpartum when I was nursing. And I really getting back into fitness was important to me. I, like I said, I've been a CrossFit coach for a long time. I was a high level uh, CrossFit athlete. And so, you know, even just starting at home with with the, the drills, you know, just air squats and doing some of the rehab drills. I wanted a sports bra that I could feed my son and work out in. And it just like didn't exist. I also really hated the nursing clips. So multiple reasons for that. A, when you get back into fitness, like imagine you're doing a clean, right. And you pull that barbell up, you can like hit the clip. They rub weird during workouts. Like there's all kinds of things like that, that I don't like about them. But the number one reason for me was that I really wanted to get back into the gym and essentially get back with my people, quote unquote. Right. And I wanted to feel like myself. I didn't want to feel like just a nursing mom. Well, that's a huge part of my life and it's amazing. And I love being a mom. I just wanted to be at the gym and feel like myself for an hour. Right. And so one of the ways we found to help women feel empowered and feel more like themselves was by developing this bra, which basically just looks like a normal sports bra. There's no clips. There's no buttons. There's no Velcro. There's no zipper. It It's a whole different design where you kind of pull up from the bottom and then you pull down an inner, inner layer so that you can um, access your breast and nurse the baby. But I mean, we've had multiple people who wear the bra and no one knows that they're wearing a nursing bra, you know, it just looks like a regular bra. So it sort of seems like a small thing, you know, just, it's just a sports bra. Right. But to me at that time, it felt like freedom <laughs> because sure. I felt like myself and I felt like I had the ability to just take this time for me and, I could jump right back in and nurse my kiddo without, you know, 
ripping off this nasty, sweaty bra and trying to figure out how to get into a nursing bra or pumping bra. So it was just really, really a win-win. So, so we started talking about it basically after my first son. And then, um, we, you know, developed the prototype and we, we created it and it took a long time. Um, but now we're pretty proud of the, of the product and we've had some really cool, reviews on it, you know, from moms nursing tandem with twins to moms running marathons in it to cross doing CrossFit competitions in the bra. So we're pretty proud of how, how it turned out and that it's compressive enough to do these high levels of activity, but also makes you feel like yourself and lets you feed your kiddo. Uh, yeah, well, you, you should be proud. It's, I think it's fascinating. It's also, you know, between everything you just said, there was something that everyone, every woman would relate to. You don't have to be a CrossFit athlete to appreciate your product. You know, you don't have to be doing hand cleans no, for, no. <laughs> to, be, to be able to relate. You know, there's, there's, just, there's something for everybody to relate to there. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we, we designed it obviously not just for CrossFitters, but um, we've had it. It's been very popular with CrossFitters so far, but a lot of runners too, you know, because again, that's a sport a lot of women want to get back to. Yep. Um, we've had some... Uh, some cool yogis, uh, give us reviews on it, you know, getting back to yoga. And so we just really wanted it to be compressive enough basically to get back to that high impact activity. So running, you know, doing box jumps, like stuff like that was stuff that was really important to us to make sure that it, that it worked for those things. And so it's, it's been really fun to develop that into, you know, basically what we're trying to do, everything that we're building is all to empower women to get back to feel like themselves. Right. And so as we think about, okay, what are we going to develop next? And, and what does that look like? That's the, the question behind all of it is what is going to help new moms feel empowered, feel like themselves and also be useful for them. Right. Because anything that makes a new mom's life easier is like the best, you know, so sure. we'll take any hack we can get. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, and to that, you know, I you've really connected so many dots. You've you've related to, to women why it's important to do certain things coming back, how to do it the right way so you don't run into an injury that just prolongs your stress and prolongs your, you know, your life outside of exercise, and then how to how to feel more confident at the same time. You know, I think this this triangular approach you have, there's probably more points that I'm not adding to it that I should be. <laughs> I, I think this approach to to covering from all angles is is just really impressive and cool. Yeah. Thank you. I think really, it's just, I, I, you can probably tell that sort of my passion in life is just creating these tools to help new moms. Right. And so however I can do that, whether it's a sports bra or, you know, teaching a woman how to, you know, breathe and brace or helping as a chiropractor, you know, with her pelvis during pregnancy, like whatever I can do, like that's, that's what I'm going to do. And so this is just like another tool that we've developed and and that I'm passionate about and, and that I, you know, have also felt the benefit from. So awesome. it's, it's, it's personal to me, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's what makes it powerful too, right? You're, you're a mom that's gone through yeah. it all. It, it comes from, comes from a, a place where that, I've, you know, you, you know, just well as your customers know it. Um, that's a big thing in fitness is can we relate? Can, yeah. can the trainer, can the client, can the medical professional, the rehab professional relate mm -hmm. to the client? And obviously you, you've lived every second of what yeah. you're, of what you're helping your, your clientele with. So it's cool. Oh, thanks. How can they find you? Yeah. So, um, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Carly. Um, we also have our Instagram, Jen and Carrie, 
And then just jenandcarry.com is our website. And there's a lot of info about the bra. There's blog posts, you know, of course, about other things, mom related always. And um, yeah, those are the best ways. Awesome. Well, that will definitely be in the show notes. You know, Tethka, I really appreciate you taking time today. This was both, both times I've gotten to talk to you are, are fascinating. You're right. I could go on for hours. Um, so we'll definitely have to get a round two in here, but just thank yes, you for taking for sure. the time to, to speak to us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah. Listeners, please check out Dr. Carly's work. It's, it's truly impressive. Um, we touched on just a fraction of, of the impressive things that she is doing uh, in this episode. So um, I hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to rate and review. Dr. Carly, stick around for a second. And for everyone else, uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. Find more episodes like this at www.lifestyleasmedicinepodcast.com and visit www.marhealthandperformance.com and at marhealthandperformance on both Facebook and Instagram for more great content and information about programs. Have a great day and see you next time.